You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joined in God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. So a service on Christmas morning wouldn't be complete without a reading from Luke chapter 1 and 2, but I'm going to read from what is probably one of my favorite translations of the Bible. It's called the Jesus Storybook Bible. It's written primarily for children but it's written really well for adults too. As a matter of fact, just a plug, you can buy the adult version online as well. It lacks the pictures. From Luke 1 and 2. Everything was ready. The moment God had been waiting for was here at last. God was coming to help His people just as He promised in the beginning. But how would He come? What would He be like? What would He do? Mountains would have bowed down, seas would have roared, trees would have clapped their hands, but the earth held its breath. As silent as snow falling, He came in, and when no one was looking in the darkness, He came. There was a young girl who was engaged to a man named Joseph. Joseph was the great, 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 great grandson of King David. And one morning, this girl was minding her own business when suddenly a great warrior of light appeared right there in her bedroom. He was Gabriel, and he was an angel, a special messenger from heaven. When she saw the tall, shining man standing there, Mary was frightened. You don't need to be scared, Gabriel said. God is very happy with you. Mary looked around to see if perhaps he was talking to someone else. Mary... Gabriel said, and he laughed with such gladness that Mary's eyes filled with sudden tears. Mary, you're going to have a baby, a little boy. You will call him Jesus. He is God's own son. He's the one. He is the rescuer. The God who flung planets into space and kept them whirling around and around. The God who made the universe with just a word. The one who could do anything at all was making himself small. And coming down as a baby. Wait, God was sending a baby to rescue the world? But it's too wonderful, Mary said, and felt her heart beating hard. How can it be true? Is anything too wonderful for God, Gabriel asked. So Mary trusted God more than what her eyes could see, and she believed. I am God's servant, she said. Whatever God says, I will do. Well, sure enough, it was just as the angel had said. Nine months later, Mary was almost ready to have her baby. Now, Mary and Joseph had to take a trip to Bethlehem, the town King David was from. But when they reached the little town, they they found that every room was full. Every bed was taken. Go away, the innkeepers told them. There isn't any place for you. Where would they stay? Soon, Mary's baby would come. They couldn't find anywhere except an old tumble-down stable. So they stayed where the cows and the donkeys and the horses stayed, and, and there in the stable amongst the chickens and the donkeys and the cows, in the quiet of the night, God gave the world His wonderful gift. The baby that would change the world was born, His baby son. Mary and Joseph wrapped Him to keep Him warm. They made a soft bed of straw and used the animal's feeding trough as his cradle, and they gazed in wonder at God's great gift, wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Mary and Joseph named him Jesus, Emmanuel, which means 
God has come to live with us. Because, of course, He did. The Christ child, the the one that aroused angelic choruses and provoked King Herod to enact this violent legislative decree that we read about in the Gospel of Matthew, was unlike any other baby born of a woman. And the Hebrew Scriptures declared that this particular child would be born in this particular town and would be born of a virgin and become the King of Kings. He would be the incarnation of God to the world, the incarnation of God Himself, and through Him would come salvation to the world and He would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And His birth had to happen. And not so we could celebrate it once a year in pageants, shirts and ties, or pajama pants, or cantatas, or fireworks. No, His birth had to happen because long ago God promised not to abandon us. Even though we rebelled against His love and rejected His presence, His birth had to happen so we could be assured that in a world filled with darkness, there will always be hope because in King Jesus, He is still Emmanuel, God with us. And so we know that in Emmanuel, God with us, we have hope. But we know that since Christ has come and is coming again, He has asked His church to be hope. And see, technically speaking, you're not supposed to light the Advent candles on Christmas Day. Once you light the Christ candle on Christmas Eve, that is it. But I wanted to remind us on Christmas Day, since we met together, that just as much as the light flickers from this candle, symbolizing the hope that has come, we are to live our lives in such a way that the light of Christ flickers from us so that the world will know that hope has come. And so we blow out the candle of hope and we become the light of hope to the world. But see, as we lit the candle of peace, we know that we too now are to be people of peace, peacemakers. We're to live our lives in such a way that the light of Christ flickers from within us So that where there is chaos and hurt, when we step into the room, when we step into the presence of people, that they feel the peace of Christ. Not because we're great, but because Christ in us is great. And so we blow out the candle of peace because we now become peacemakers. Whether we lit the candle of joy, and Christians aren't supposed to be so long-faced, so sad. They're supposed to wear pajama pants. They're supposed to wear bow tie t-shirts. They're supposed to wear suit coats. They're supposed to enjoy life for crying out loud because we found that our satisfaction comes through the Lordship of Christ. And so we can blow out the candle of joy and the light that flickers because we too now are reminded to live our life in such a way that the light of Christ in us, the joy of God in us that is our strength flickers from within and we bring joy to the world Because Christ brings joy to the world. And then, of course, we remember that love never chooses what is easy over what is right. God chose what was hard and what was right, despite the fact that it wasn't easy to save us. And we lit this candle of love, but today we blow the candle of love out. Because we know that we are to be people of love. 
that Jesus said, the world will know you are my disciples by how you love one another. We are to embody the love of God in our lives. We can't do it when we're railing off of nasty Facebook statuses, can we? We can't do it when we're rude to the people at work, can we? We can't do it when we fight fire with fire, can we? We can't. We can only embody the love that Christ has embodied when we truly decide to follow the Lord of love. And so we extinguish the light, the candle of love, because we remember that we become the sign of God's love to the world. But then on Christmas Eve, we lit the Christ candle. Now we can't be Jesus. And the Bible doesn't ask us to. The Bible asks us to be the body of Jesus. To be His hands and feet to the world. And so we can't keep this candle lit. Because we must be the body of Christ. We must be the ongoing incarnation in the world of God's presence. We must live our lives of hope and peace and joy and love in such a way that people never wonder if God is still with us. Because we're the sign, church. We're the symbol. We're the foretaste of the things to come. We are the presence of God still in this world as a people indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And so we extinguish the Christ candle this morning because the light of Christ now lives within us because the Holy Spirit now lives within us and we are the body of Christ. And so in this world in which we live, where there is homelessness and poverty, we can say there is hope because God in Christ is still Emmanuel. In loneliness and grief, there is hope because God in Christ is still Emmanuel. In cancer and disability, there is hope because God in Christ is still Emmanuel. In addictions and confusion, there is hope because God in Christ is still Emmanuel. In darkness and sorrow, there is hope because God in Christ is still Emmanuel. And as the people of God who embody the life of God in the world through the power of the Holy Spirit of Christ living within us, we are to be a symbol of that hope. And we are to say, Emmanuel is our way and He is our light. Emmanuel is always true and He is our life. Emmanuel never leaves because He is our peace. Emmanuel will always be our help and sweet relief. He is our strength and His love is sure. Emmanuel is King Jesus and risen Lord. And so in the spirit of the 12 days of Christmas, I close with something I've written called the, 12, the day after Christmas. I will not sing it because I do not have a tune. But I want us to remember tomorrow that Christmas doesn't stop. See, the day after Christmas, we remember the truth of the incarnation, that the Son of God became a man so that we could become sons and daughters of God. He became the Son of Man so that God could dwell in man. Number two, the day after Christmas, we remember that even in God's silence, He is listening, working, and moving for our good and His glory, and He is doing the same for all. Number three, the day after Christmas, we remember that the King of the universe began His work of making His kingdom available to all when He entered into our messy world through a messy stable so that our messy lives could be forever changed and He could change every messy life that ever comes. Number four, the day after Christmas, we remember that God can always be found when we seek Him. 
but he's often found in the most unexpected of places and circumstances in our life, and I think Mary would tell us that. Number five, the day after Christmas, we remember that big movements of God often have the smallest of beginnings, like a baby in a manger. Number six, the day after Christmas, we remember that love is wrapped up in a blanket of grace and rests in a manger of mercy, and so do we. Number seven, the day after Christmas, we remember that we love because God first loved us. Number eight, the day after Christmas, we remember that the kind of love God gives is the same He requires, unconditional, humble, sacrificial, and faithful. Number nine, the day after Christmas, we remember that Jesus is not really the reason for the season as much as He's the reason for life. Number 10, the day after Christmas, we remember that the true way to keep Christ in Christmas is to love your neighbor as yourself, welcome the immigrant, love the poor, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, and give drink to the thirsty. For whatever you've done for the least of these brothers of mine, you have done to me. Number 11, the day after Christmas, we remember that the world is a dark place in need of light. Jesus became the light of the world so that we would let the light of Jesus shine from within us as we love each other and all other people in word and deed. And finally, number 12. The day after Christmas, we remember that in Jesus, God brought heaven to earth and He has called us to do the same by how we live our lives in public and manifesting the virtue and the character of Christ through the Holy Spirit living within us as we obey Jesus, as we trust Him, and as others see who we are, not to give us glory, but to let our light shine before men, as Jesus said, so that they may glorify God our Father. Because we know that no matter what, Christ is still Emmanuel, and God will always be with us. For unto us a child is born. He is Savior and Lord, King of kings. He was born, He has lived, He has died, and He has risen again, and He still lives, reigning over all creation, both now and forevermore. And on this Christmas morning, He reminds all of us to remember Him. He reminds all of us to trust Him. He reminds all of us to follow Him. And what I am grateful for to our God is that He gives us this table, this Eucharist, this thanksgiving. Eucharist being the most biblical word to call this because it's actually in the Bible. Meaning thanksgiving. Where we come every week as the people of God to remember that God is with us. And that at this table, because of the promise of Christ in Luke, He is with us at this table. And so you may think he is gone Monday through Saturday, but when you gather on Sunday, your feelings and circumstances have no bearing or weight on this table. Christ is with us because he is Emmanuel. And every week we gather, we celebrate and give thanks. And so we come, we sing, we pray, we confess. We hear a word from Scripture, our hearts engage the story of God, and we sum it all up here at the table. 
And so, as always, for all who keep company with Jesus, this Christmas morning, come to the table because Christ is the host. It is His table. No one gets to choose who sits at this table but Him. And He has invited that all are welcome.